Well, we have been in a series. We just started it last week, so if you weren't here last week, that's okay. Just go back and, and catch up on it. But we're in this series called Thank You, Next. And we're basically diving into some popular, familiar, well-known verses in the Bible. We're grabbing them, but we're also digging around where they're found in the Bible. Because as we learned last week, we can't just grab onto a promise without knowing the power that's around it and comes around it, and also the plan. And so I think sometimes we can grab hold to verses, which is great, and we should memorize Bible verses and hide God's word in our heart. But I think sometimes we'll take a promise from a verse, but we don't realize actually what's happening around it. And so that's what's so fun about this series that we're in, is that we're going deeper in some of these verses that maybe um, you've seen hung up in um, uh, a family member's house, or your someone's uh, alarm's going off. You might want to check that. Um, and it's just distracting, you guys. <laughs> My brain just like goes to, who is that? What, what, what's their alarm going off for? Um, or uh, like something that was cross-stitched in your grandmother's like thing and putting hanging. Anyways, the verses that we're going through are powerful and beautiful, but I love that we're going deeper. So last week, my husband preached an amazing message on Romans 8.28. So if you missed it, you've got to listen to it, where we learned the power and the plan that comes with all things work together for good for those who are, uh, who are called according to God's... Um, I'm messing it up. All things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are the called according to his purpose. And um, it was powerful. This week, we are looking at Philippians 4, 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the beautiful thing about this, whether you've been a part of church for a long time or you're brand new, whether these verses are familiar to you or not, that's okay. Don't feel bad if you've never heard this before. Um, There are a lot of guys who are like, weightlifting, and they write on their picture with their muscles bulging, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) And um, we take this verse like, I can do it. I can do this. I've got this. Um, But for those of you who may not be familiar with some of these, that's okay. You're getting a good foundation behind some of these beautiful verses found in the Bible. But what's amazing, before we even dive into this, is that there is power in saying, I can. I can do this. So if you take that verse just as it is, it's already amazing and powerful and beautiful a la carte on its own. But I just want to take a moment and just say that there's power in saying, I can. I can do this. I can do that. Because I think sometimes we limit ourselves because we think, oh, I can't do that. I would actually never do that, and I can't do that. So we don't do something that maybe God would want to get us out of our comfort zone and try something new or do the hard thing and see how he would provide strength for us and give us what we need in the midst of something that we thought we could never do. So we say something like, well, I I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. But if we could have more of that heart of saying, I can do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I can, I can do that. 
I can do that. It changes something in our spirit. It changes something in our mind. It changes something in our heart where we believe, okay, if God's going to call me to do it, I can do it. And the power in this verse comes with, I can do all things, which is a big statement. I can do all things. But with Christ who strengthens me. That's the power. That's the power of being able to do all things with Christ who strengthens me. But as we dig deeper, as we kind of excavate this verse today and the verses surrounding it, there's so much more. There's more for us today. And I believe as we're leaning in that God has something specific for you. As last week, my husband pointed out um, that we can't extract the promise without the plan and the power of the context of where the verse comes from, I think I would add this week um, that we also need to have proof. If we are saying something like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, there has to be a proof, a proving of, okay, well, who's Christ, and how can he strengthen me, and how can I do all things? But then also, a posture. There has to be a posture of our heart where we can say that and mean it and know that God is actually going to meet us there. And I believe today that we are going to find more confidence, more power, more strength, more beauty in this life that God has called us to live as we look into this verse. Um, Here's some context. So I am going to read a little bit of chapter 4 because this verse is found, chapter 4, verse 13, and I'm not going to read it all because, you guys, I am going to finish this message in a good amount of time. I'm going to reach my limit. I will not exceed it, okay? That is my goal. That is my plan. I can do this. So I'm not going to read things unnecessarily. If you want to, you can read all of the book of Philippians. It's only four chapters. But I'm just going to read a few of these verses here to kind of give us an idea of where this verse sits. So, in verse 4 of chapter 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, will, I say rejoice. Verse 5, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere, And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And Father, we're ready. We've come, we're here, we're sitting, ready for you to speak to us. Because we believe that as we open your word, that it is living, that it is powerful, that it is able to teach, that you want to speak to us. So God, we are your children, we are your servants, and we just open our hands and we just say, Lord, fill us. We have a week ahead of us that has a lot of uncertainty. We have relationships in our lives that we're struggling in. We are at school and trying to finish strong. So Lord, we need you. We need you in this gathering. We ask that you would speak, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds to your will and to your way. In Jesus' name, amen. First, Paul, who's the writer of this, um, is writing basically that Philippians is a letter to the church in Philippi. And Paul is writing a letter to them from prison. Paul is writing to them from prison. And at the beginning of this book, we see Paul's love for these people. He says things like, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always, in every prayer of mine, making every request for you all with joy. That's so convicting. I never say that to anybody. <laughs> um, but he loves these people. And another thing he says is, I have you in my heart. So he's removed from them. He's not with them. But he's writing a letter to them, telling them how much he loves them and also telling them God's plan for them. And he goes, this, I mean, if you're wanting to memorize a chunk of scripture, which is, is sometimes really good, right? I'm uh, memorizing Psalm 40 this year for my 40th year. And it's powerful when you're memorizing scripture and letting it sink deep in your heart and it's like a chunk of it. This would actually be a really good one to, to learn and memorize. It's, there's so much in it. Um, but I just love how Paul is loving this church from afar. He's leading He's shepherding this church while he's in chains, while he's in prison. And he's telling them some powerful things that, I mean, it's like when someone tells you something and it's like, hmm, I don't know if that's true because of what you're going through right now. But someone who's going through hard things and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. I know it's a struggle. I know it's hard. I'm aching with you. You're like, oh, you are really praying for me because you've gone through it. You're going through it. He has gone through it. He's in it right now, and yet he's praying for this church. To zoom back in to um, verse 10, or actually verse 11, he says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Sometimes I imagine the Bible in wrap, I don't know, like wrapping it, like, like wrap, like, oh, I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> I literally, like some, sometimes when I memorize verses with the kids, like we'll actually say it in a wrap, but I just see him like wrapping this. I don't know why. Um, and I don't know why I share that with you because it doesn't make any sense. It's just a, a glimpse into my weird mind. Um, but the title of my message today is How to Not Give Up. So if you're writing your notes, if you're on your phone writing your notes, how to not give up. And I've given you a subtitle. So if you're ready for that, the subtitle is Living Tethered. So how to not give up, Living Tethered, and I have a sub-subtitle. This is us, and us is like capital U-S. So I don't know if you're writing, but... That's in my mind, I'm imagining you writing it right now. How to not give up, living tethered, this is us, Philippians 4, 13. Paul is saying that he knows the secret of contentment. He knows how to go through any circumstance, any situation, anything, everything. He literally says, in everything, in all things, I have learned to be content. This is the best DIY how-to ever. Don't we want that? Don't we want to be content in every circumstance? He is going to teach us how. The book of Philippians is known as the book of joy. And I love how Paul is in this chunk where this verse is found, he's thanking the church in Philippi for the gift that that they sent him. He's in prison, they sent him a gift. I'm guessing it was supplies, things that he needed. Um, And he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So he's saying, thank you for the gift. Um, And I know that you wanted to give last time, but you couldn't, but not because you didn't want to, you just, you weren't able to, you lacked opportunity, but thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for remembering me. Thank you for caring. Thank you for showing your love through this gift that you've given me. But what's so powerful here is he says, I have learned. And I think this is a key thing for us as believers to know that this is what it's all about, learning. We're each, each of us, we're each on our journey with Jesus. And if you're new to faith or if you're new and you don't have any idea what this is all about, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here and um, glad that you're a part of this. But we are all in a journey with Jesus. And so it's gonna look different for each and every one of us. But I love how he says, I have learned. We're not just gonna fully understand how to trust God, how to handle difficult situations, how to live a beautiful life, how to be content, how to to do this life. We're not gonna know it right away when we first give our hearts to Jesus, but we're gonna learn, and we're gonna mess up, and we're gonna make mistakes, big ones, small ones, but we're gonna get it right sometimes. And I think for us to remember that this life is about learning, and it's about stepping out in faith, and it's about making a wrong move and then course correcting and asking God, Lord, help me in this situation, help me in this moment, help me to learn, help me to get the most out of this situation. This is how we don't give up. We learn and we keep learning and we keep growing and we keep giving. 
Now, in regards to the proof of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I think we should go to who this God is. And what I love is that in Philippians, um, Paul gives us a lot to go on of who God is. Um, in verse, uh, chapter one, verse two, he says, God is our father. God is our father, our perfect father. In verse three of chapter one, he calls him my God, which makes me think that God is a personal God. Chapter one, verse six, he will complete the work that he began in us. He's the one that started it, and he's the one working, and he's the one who will complete it. That brings comfort to my soul. Chapter two, verse 27, it says, God is merciful. Chapter four, verse nine, he is the God of peace. He is the God of peace, that peace that we're craving, that peace that we're desiring. He is the God of true peace. Chapter four, verse 19, he supplies all our needs. He is our ultimate supplier. He gives us everything we need. This is the God who we are trusting in our lack. This is the God who we're trusting in our abundance. He's in control. He loves us. He's for us. And then Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Christ who strengthens me? There was actually a time when Paul hated Jesus. He hated Jesus so much that he killed people who followed Jesus. Paul hated Jesus until he met him face to face, and Jesus changed Paul's life. This Jesus. Paul calls him Lord in chapter one, verse two. My Lord, Jesus Christ. Chapter one, verse 23, Jesus is in heaven, Christ in heaven. Chapter two, verse nine, God has exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every name, Jesus. This is Jesus, this is the one who strengthens us and keeps strengthening us in the midst of whatever situation that we're facing. This is the proof, this is, this is Jesus, this is who he is, who we can find strength in, because he's the only one who lived a perfect life, who died a sinless death on the cross. He endured, endured great pain and suffering, but he defeated death by rising from the dead the third day. So he died and came back to life. So if he's the one who's strengthening us, then we have everything that we need. Jesus changes everything. He gives us true life. He gives us real peace. He gives us joy. He gives us an abundant, purposeful life. He changes the way we think. He changes the way we see. He changes the way we live. Now, when he says, I can do all things, I love how last week my husband said, all things work together for good. This week, we're talking about I can do all things. What are these things? Well, Paul, before he says this, he says, I know how to be abased, which means to live in a humble condition. I know how to abound, which means 
to be possessed of a full sufficiency, to have everything that you need. He said, everywhere and in all things, I have learned to be both full and hungry. He's saying, from having absolutely nothing to having everything, he has learned that in Christ Jesus, he can be content because he has everything that he needs. Jesus is enough. Now, how do we not give up? How do we live this life going through all the different circumstances that face us, that we face? How do we not give up? Well, I have five things for you. So if you're taking notes, the first one is truth. We build our lives on the truth. God's word is true. And if it's true, we can base our whole life on that firm foundation. Chapter four, verse eight says, whatever things are true. And then it says a lot of other things, but it says meditate on these things and the God of peace will be with you. So when we practice uh, meditating on the things that are true, letting God's word, which is true, set the pace for our life as we memorize scripture, as in our conversations we're speaking of what God's doing in our lives, as we meditate on things that are true, the God of peace will be with us. So it's a conditional thing. We gotta meditate on the truth. We gotta meditate on what's pure. We gotta meditate on what's lovely. But the reward, the God of peace will be with you. That is strengthening. John 15, five says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus is the truth. So if we're basing our lives on the truth, that is part of the strength that we receive. Number two, resource. There are two, well, there are a lot more definitions, but I just picked two. The first one is capability in dealing with a situation or in meeting difficulties. So resources, your capability in dealing with a situation or in meeting difficulties. So whether it's a hard situation, good situation, your resources is how you're able to deal with it. How would you measure, this is something you could talk about in your Fresh Life group, how would you measure your capability in dealing with situations, specifically hard ones? How is your capability? Are you a person of inner resources? In your heart, in your mind, in your soul, what are you building? What are you letting fill you so that in your need, in that moment, you can draw from? If you're asking Jesus to be your strength, asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, you're building resource, you're building resilience, you're building stamina, endurance, you're training for the trial you're not yet in. And this is so important, church, it's so important that you're here today. And I think sometimes we, we don't think that it's that big of a deal to come to church or to listen to a message or to gather with your Fresh Life group, but all of those little things change the course of your life. And 
that's what gives you resource in those moments of need, in those difficult times. You can get in your bag of resources and find hope and find strength and find community and find kindness and find grace. The second definition that I found is that resource is a source of supply, support, or aid, especially one that can be readily drawn upon when needed. Paul speaks to the Philippians about how they gave to him and provided for him, and he commends their giving. He said in verse 17 that you sent aid for my necessities. And I love that he said, and not that I seek the gift in verse 17, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So what's so beautiful is that as we are in the rhythm of giving, of tithing, that those are things that also may seem insignificant. I know sometimes it's hard to think, oh man, I have to give my first and 10%. That's a hard, that's a hard move. Maybe for some of us, it's not that hard of a move. But I think that as we give, as we are generous, that those are things that are also along with community, along with reading your Bible every day, along with being in the gathering of the church. Those are all the things that are keeping our hearts strong in the midst of, in the time of need that we go through. Um, Something that I've been learning is when going through something that's hard, praying this prayer. God, please give me what I need that others can't give me and that only you can give me. So in a a frustrating moment, when I'm expecting my husband to say the right thing, do the right thing, be the right thing, be perfect basically, my prayer is, God, I need you. Please give me what I need right now. Please give me what I need that Levi can't give me and that only you can give me. This has been helping me. Number three, understanding. Uh, Philippians 4, verse seven says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Understanding. I love how in a a few verses before that talks about the God of peace. So we love and serve the God of peace, but we also have the peace of God. And this peace passes understanding. And I know that so many of us have gone through things where we look back and we're like, wait, how did did I go through that? How am am I here today? How am I smiling today? How, How am I alive today? It's this peace that passes our understanding We can't even fully explain it. We can't fully understand it. But his peace passes our understanding, which leads me to believe that his understanding is so much better than mine. So much better than mine. God understands what's going on, and that's all that matters, and we don't have to. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I think I probably say it every time I'm teaching, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he 
will direct your paths. It's not about what you understand. It's not about what you know or what you don't know. God's understanding is what matters. He knows, he sees, trust him. Let his understanding be enough for you. Number four, strength. This word, strength, where it says Christ who strengthens me, means to empower and to invigorate. Who needs some empowering and some invigorating? I know I do. Jesus is the one true source of strength. And this word has a participle present tense, which I do not fully understand, so we'll keep on going, where it says, this denotes a present and continued act as if he had said, this is Matthew Henry who says this, through Christ, who is strengthening me and does continually strengthen me, it is by his constant and renewed strength I'm enabled to act in everything. So it's a, a constant, present situation where as we're asking, Lord, strengthen me, I can't do this. He's strengthening me. He's strengthening me. He's strengthening me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus says to Paul, I'm gonna explain it a little bit in a second, but he says, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. That is empowering. That is encouraging. Because I'm pretty sure that there are plenty of us today who feel weak. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I'm sure that a lot of people would say, yeah, I feel weak, or I have felt weak this week. That's the perfect place to be. God doesn't want you to try to have it all together so then he can show you his strength. He wants you to say, God, I'm weak. I can't. Yes, I can, but I can't, and I need you. I need your strength, and his strength somehow, I don't even understand it, somehow his strength comes in, and it's made perfect in our weakness. Just like how my husband was talking about the ingredients of of salt, the elements of salt, how they're poisonous separately, but together they create salt. I don't understand how God's strength and my weakness make this beautiful concoction, but that's what God does, and it's beautiful, and I'm thankful. Number five, tethered. We're meant to live tethered. What does it mean to be tethered? Well, as you can see, wow, this is good, guys. It's in, it's in the floor. This is awesome. Um, to be tethered is to an object, to be chained or roped to a source. And I mean, I could have used anything, but I just really like the word tether. And this is awesome to have a tether ball on stage. And when I was younger, this was probably one of my most favorite games to play. <laughs> um, I did it to myself. Okay, so I would play with, the boys were always the worst because they would do that. They would like get it way up high and then I would just be like jumping, trying to get it. Um, we're meant to live Attached. We're meant to live tethered. If you think of yourself as the ball, we're not meant to be just on our own and kicked around. I know soccer's awesome, but 
We're meant to be tethered to the source. We're meant to live tethered to Jesus. John 15, five says that Jesus is the vine. Actually, Jesus is saying this. He says, I am the vine. I'm the main source. You are the branches. Abide in me and I in you. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. We're meant to be tethered. Now, it's interesting because the way that we're tethered looks different for each of us, but also there's a lot of different ways to be tethered. Now, as I was saying just a minute ago, Paul had a tether, and it came as something that was not pleasant for him to deal with. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, it says... Um, I had a thorn in the flesh. Was, a thorn in the flesh was given to me and a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So then he says, therefore, I'll gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. So this is something, some kind of physical ailment, infirmity, that Paul was actually like, oh, please, God, take this away from me. And I think it's been said, like, it could have been something with his eyesight. That's why he always had people writing for him. But um, it was this thing that was a, a hindrance to him. It was a hindrance. But it was actually a tether. Because it says that it kept him close to Jesus. It kept him... He said, um, oh, I went away from it. Because <laughs> um, he said, come on, um, lest I be exalted above measure. Like, he's saying, this tether, this hindrance, this ailment, this sickness, whatever it is, it actually kept me tethered. Otherwise, I would have been thrown off and not come back. I would have been exalted above measure, and I wouldn't have any way to come back. And here I am, still tethered because of this pain, this discomfort, this struggle that has kept me close to the source, Jesus. The tether allows us to not get off track and to do our own thing, but to stay close to Jesus. We are safe when we stay tethered. We're meant to live tethered. And I was talking to someone right after the last service, and he was like, yeah, well, when you, the the force goes, you're just getting closer and closer to the source. So whatever you're going through, you might feel like you're going around in circles or you're not getting anything done, but you're getting, you're closer to Jesus when you're tethered to him. And I just think we just need to remember, maybe rethink the struggles that we're going through. Maybe we need to rethink the pain that we're dealing with. Maybe we need to rethink. I know I would always ask God to heal my eyes. I've been wearing glasses since I was five. And if I didn't have my contacts in, I would not be able to see anybody. And I I remember going to bed praying, God, would you please give me vision? Can I wake up in the morning and just be able to see? But I think it's just something that reminds me that I am human and 
it's okay. And it's a struggle and it's random and it's weird and I hate it, but it's fine. And maybe I'll get LASIK, I don't know. Um, right now, I have very thick glasses that keeps me tethered. <laughs> um, we're safe when we're tethered. Okay, so truth, resource, understanding, strength, tethered. It's all about trust. It's all about trusting our Father. Who you trust changes your life. Who you trust changes the way you live. When you trust Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and the one who continually strengthens you, you can do all things. You can be low. You can be high. You could be hungry. You could be full. And I also want to add to that people in your life. Sometimes there are you have not very many people in your life. And you're like, I just wish I had a friend. I just wish I had somebody. In your lack, look up. In your lack, see that you're not alone. And I believe that God has someone for you. If you're feeling that today, God has someone, some people to come around you. Maybe it's part of you taking a step of faith, getting in a fresh life group, getting on a team, It's us and him. It's us taking a step of faith and him meeting us and giving us the strength to do what we might think is impossible. It's both and. Trust. I love that the word us is in trust. And this is my sub-subtitle. This is us. I ran my first half marathon yesterday. My, le- my legs, I don't know if you've noticed, my legs are a little bit wobbly. Um, but this was a big deal for me. For my, I just turned 40 in January, and I was like, this is something a 40-year-old should do. <laughs> a half marathon. And then I immediately asked someone who has done way more than that to just give me some tips and help me, and she has spoken life and love over me and said, Jenny, you can do this. You got this. You got this. So I did it. I, was, I, I ran... 13.1 miles, and I trained for it. It was me. It was me. I can do all, believe me, I have said this verse over me a lot these past four months. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I was surprised when I came to the meet, to the race, and there were hundreds of other people who had done the same. And the energy and the excitement and the, the vibe, it was so exciting. I trained. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, but I needed the, ch- I needed the church. Philippians, you gave me a gift. I needed that. I needed to know that you were there for me. I needed to know that I was on your heart. I needed to know that you cared and you showed me that you cared with your gift. This is us. It's me. I'm responsible for my own spirit. I'm running in my lane. But this is us. We need each other. We strengthen each other. Yes, our only true strength, real strength for us comes from Jesus, but we also are part of that strengthening, that speaking life, that love. We need each other. 
this is us. Hebrews 12, one through two says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. This is us in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We find ourselves in Jesus. There's an us in there. In the house, there's an us in there where we can live spaciously. There's an us. Generously, there's an us. I'm going over a little bit, but it's okay. I was inspired by a friend who ran a marathon last year, and I was like, I could do half that. (laughs) And it literally inspired me. Her strength, what she did, her action, inspired me. And I was talking with a neighbor this week, and she just finished her chemotherapy. She has um, cancer, and She's numb from the knees down. But she says she just tries to walk a block each day. And we were talking, and I kind of just flippantly, I'm not trying to brag, it's just kind of a big deal that I ran and all that because I'm not a runner. Now I am. But I was just like, she was like, oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm just training for a half marathon. She was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I saw her a little bit later, and she's like, Jenny, you inspired me. Like, I can do this. I can, I can do two, I just did two blocks. And the other day she texted me and said that I just walked one mile on my treadmill. But what's so beautiful about that is that I didn't do a marathon, but I was inspired by someone who did. I did a half marathon, but I got to be a part of God inspiring my neighbor to just keep walking and to just keep trying. And no matter where you are in that spectrum, whether you are a marathon runner or you are a walker, God is wanting to strengthen you. But he also wants to use you to strengthen the faith of others. And that's where we need each other. That's where we need to show up. And that's the power. The power is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can experience the worst and I can experience the best, but I'm okay because Jesus is with me. He's my strength. I can experience a lot of people with me or not a lot of people with me, but that's okay. Jesus is my strength. And we need to remind each other of that. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, that you are our Father, that you are merciful, that you are compassionate, that you see all, 
You see everything and you also see us individually. Lord, we thank you that no matter what we go through, that we can say that we can do all things because of Christ who strengthens us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the tethers that we each have. And I just want to pray over those who have something in their life that's a discomfort, that's a pain, that's a struggle, that's a hardship, that they would see it as a tether to you. And Lord, I just pray right now that there would just be a change in vision, a change in heart, a change in mind, where those who are struggling would see that maybe you don't need to take it away, but they just need to see that they can be content with you and rest in you and be empowered by you in the midst of what that discomfort is and what that pain is. And see that they are attached to you, they're tethered to you, and that is actually reminding them of your nearness and your closeness and also how you want to use them in this. You don't just allow pain for pain's sake, you allow pain for power, you allow pain snuck in with a purpose. So I pray that you would open their eyes to see that you have a purpose for them in their pain and that you want to draw near to them in it. Help us all to see the tethers that you've given us, the tether of tithing, the tether of generosity, the tether of hardships, the tether of abundance, all these things, Lord, help us to see them as such. And help us to not give up. In this moment, I just want to uh, pray for those of you who are feeling that, who are just kind of feeling the, um, the discomfort and the struggle whatever your issue is, um, I, and if you feel comfortable, I just ask for you to raise your hand, and I want to pray over you, and if you're near someone who's raising their hand, if you feel comfortable, just lay a hand on them, show them that you're there, that you're near, and that you've got their back, really signifying the fact that we as a church, we gather around those who are hurting gather around those who are struggling and if you're watching online and you're alone know that there's a room full of people all across our church who are in your corner and who are praying for you and Lord we just lift up these who are raising their hands in some way there's a struggle there's a discomfort there's a pain there's something that it just doesn't feel good or right and I pray right now Lord God that they would 
feel your nearness, that even a touch from someone around them would just remind them that you're near, that you're near to the brokenhearted, that you're near in our struggle, you're not far. Remind them of your love. Remind them of your understanding that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are higher than ours. Your ways are higher than ours. I pray, God, over each of these as they lift their hand, that that would just be a sign of surrender to your will and to your way. Saying, God, I'm weak, but you are strong. If you allow for this thing to stay in my life, let me see it as a tether bringing me closer to you, drawing me nearer to you, reminding me of your presence, reminding me of your power, reminding me of your peace, reminding me of your purpose in this and plan in this, and also that you have a plan for others through me in this very thing. I pray that vision would be opened. They would give a revelation, a greater revelation of who you are in their lives. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. And I also just want to lead those of you in a prayer who don't know Jesus. Maybe this whole time you're like, "I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I can't say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I don't know him as my Lord and my Savior. Well, you can do that today. And so if that's you, all you're doing is lifting up your hands and saying, Jesus, yes. You don't even have to say any of the things that I say in this prayer. You're saying, Jesus, yes. But we're going to say a prayer because it's awesome, and our church wants to say it with you because we have your back, and this is awesome and the best decision you're ever going to make. So if that's you, you can say, dear God, I surrender to you. I say yes to you. I am weak, but you are strong. I want to be able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.